If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com strategy show, NBA edition, sponsored by Josh. It's up to you today, man. <laughs> who, do you, who do you want to give a read for it? I think we're going to go with our actual sponsor for this one. Draft day. That would Got be, it. <laughs> Got that it. Nailed it. Frafty. Remember, there was actually a site called Frafty back in the day. That, that one, uh, that, that might even be before my time. They lasted for maybe maybe three months uh there was uh what was what was oh oh fan throwdown was another yep. one yeah sure they got it with that back in the condia days this one though yeah. presented by a real site no house advantage i'm <laughs> dave lochran at twitter on twitter at lafay underscore d l-o-u-g-h-y underscore d and with me back-to-back days here josh engelman at josh engelman on the twitters what's going on brother not too much, man. Feeling pretty good. Getting back into it here. Uh, good slate. Nine games. Oklahoma City looking ridiculous once again. Chicago looking ridiculous once again. We're gonna have, oh, we're gonna have a hell of a slate today. Yeah, we are. And if we learned anything yesterday and really over the past month, the Brooklyn Nets, man, they are bad defensively. It's it's getting out of control. You mean to tell me that DeAndre Jordan can't anchor an NBA defense any longer? I am shocked. That's exactly what I'm telling you. They, they gave up, I think it was 55 points in, uh, through the, the first three minutes of the second quarter. And, yeah. and this team had given up 55 points to, to the Detroit Pistons, right? It, <laughs> this was not a good basketball team they were facing. Uh, DeLon Wright and Jeremy Grant looked like all-stars once again. And now we got them again today against Indiana. It's interesting. They were only that opened to two point favorites, man. Uh, Brooklyn at home, only two point favorites. I think that says a lot about how many points they've been allowing. I think it says a lot about how good Kevin Durant is too. <laughs> sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. No question. But when you have Kyrie Irving and James Harden, you should like, if your defense was even remotely decent, but I guess that where broken... could they have found a better defensive center? Hmm. I wonder, I wonder, maybe they can get someone like Jared Allen. I said the same thing last Ugh, night. Dopes. I said Complete the same dopes. thing last night. Yep. 
not great. But we're going to talk about all of it, and we're happy to have you guys with us. we got nine games today we're going to touch on over the next hour. So sit back, relax, pour that cup of coffee, whatever you need to do. I grabbed one of these today. I was running around. Bad decision. Falling back in the old habits. Haven't had one of these in a while, man. feel like it's burning my stomach apart. I actually had one like last weekend i do i never have a red bull but i went I to either. home depot to buy a space heater yeah. i was checking out and i was like oh red bull that feel I, I i need something to give me wings today <laughs> the home depot checkout gets me every time whether it's a candy bar maybe some m&ms maybe yeah. a gatorade beef jerky I, I also got uh pizza flavored combos so that See, happened i i can enjoy the combos but the buffalo blue cheese are like hands down the best ones uh, pretzel pizza is also fantastic. They need to be fresh, though. This particular pack of combos, I think, was had spent some time in uh, in that Lowe's. <laughs> uh, so a lot of the moisture had come out of the cheese pizza paste that goes oh, inside so of it. Oh, so the texture just got real awkward once you got through that pretzel case. Well, it, it was normally it's like dry into kind of moist. Shout out to everybody that hates the word moist. Uh, but this one was just dry to dry. So it just tasted like pizza powder which you know i'll eat anything that tastes like pizza yeah it's fair except pizza from bad pizza places i made five pizzas yesterday for national pizza day so uh, i'll eat that pizza how many did you eat probably like two and a half no you didn't like actual regular size pizzas yes five deep dish no uh, like a 12 inch neapolitan style so like you know they're thin pretty thin crust oh you ate two and a half of those i would say so that sounds about right to me. I mean, oh I made God. I made five. My wife tapped out after the fourth one. We, we had another five of a buddy here as well. Um, but we ate like all but three or four of the slices. Do you have a pizza oven or something? Like, what's going yeah. on in that kitchen? I have a pizza oven. Do you really? Yeah, I got one for Christmas. What? That's yeah. awesome. Brick. By the way, like uh, if you have any interest in doing that, they're sick. You should really get one. Is it? Is you got a brick oven? No, uh, uni. Uh, so it's uh, you hook it up in this particular one. You coal hook it fire? up to like. I didn't go for like wood or coal or anything. I went for the propane fired. It's a okay. little bit easier. I like it. I saw a delicious. Buffalo Bills fan that makes them out of an old filing cabinet, and people absolutely love it. Tailgate. Well, it seems about right. Uh, you could have just told me the story about how he's making them in a filing cabinet and been like, "What sports team do you think he likes?" And I'd be like, "Oh, it's the Bills for sure." Nah, Does he you dive said, through it while it's on fire. You would have said Philly. Let's talk from uh, basketball or from pizza to basketball. We've got the Toronto Raptors and the Washington. I was watching a video yesterday where they were still the Washington Bullets. Brought back some good memories. Not the case anymore, though. Washington Wizards, uh, first game on the docket today. Matter of fact, for a nine-gamer, it's the only game that's tipping off at 7 p.m. 232.5 total, Josh. We should see a good amount of scoring here. Toronto Raptors, five and a half point favorites. OG Ananobi, questionable to return in this one. What are we doing with Toronto? Uh, depends on who we're looking at. So right now, no one on FanDuel is in double digits in ownership, and only Kyle Lowry is on DraftKings. They're not looking like all that great a place, but I really like Chris Boucher on FanDuel at 6K. Minutes are all over the place. Really difficult to, to figure out if he's going to play 20 minutes or 30 minutes in a given day, but play Washington this team is not good defensively they play at a really fast pace and I think that kind of fits Chris Boucher's style if this is going to be up and down I'd rather see Chris Boucher out there than Aaron Baines so 
I gave him 26 minutes. And at that point, I think he's a really nice value at power forward. Uh, somebody that I'm looking to be uh, significantly over the field for, at least on FanDuel and even on DraftKings at 5,900. He's my first guy. And then if you want to grab Lowry or Van Vliet, I think it's fine. But no, nobody's standing out as like ultimately awesome plays. Yeah, the Wizards are making for a really good matchup recently. Over the last month, they're top four in pace, bottom four in defense. So, you know, when you're looking at those type of numbers, they just don't have any real rim protection either. There's a lot that, that doesn't work with this Washington team uh, defense, namely. Chris Boucher is an interesting one, though, because if this guy were to be getting the minutes, you're you're looking at someone that at 5,900 were essentially playing every single day. Like if Chris Boucher is playing – 29 or 30, 29 to 33 minutes, like or even the 27 that we saw on the fifth against Brooklyn. How often are you playing him at 5,900 on DraftKings against Washington? All the time. Like right. I have him showing up in the optimal right now on DraftKings 15% of the time. He's got 5% on 4%, 4.3% ownership. He's one of my favorite plays right now uh, from a GPP perspective. And he's the type of guy that I want. He's a very high fantasy point per minute guy, the highest on the team by far. He's 1.22 baseline in my model. Um, that's the kind of guy I want to take in a situation at low ownership where there's minutes variability. Because if he happens to get extra minutes, I mean, he can hang 45, 50, no problem, just because of the style of play in this particular matchup. Now, if the minutes don't get there, let's say that you expect him to play 26, but he only plays 20. He's not a 0.7 guy. He's a 1.2 guy. He could have a bad day from a minutes perspective and still get you to functional from a fantasy point perspective if he doesn't get the minutes. So it's the perfect combination of everything for Boucher today. I assume his ownership comes up a little bit or maybe we see a little bit new, more news, but whether OG is in or not, I'm in for Boucher. But you're kind of right about something. The the unpredictability or the volatility in his minutes makes him a better tournament play because if Boucher's yeah. getting 29 to 31 minutes routinely, he's going to be a top five owned player every night at yeah. this price point. Yeah. yeah, he would be, if you knew that Chris Boucher was going to play 28 minutes today, he would be one of the highest owned players on the slate. You'd be locking him in, yeah. And we got a super chat from our boy, Anthony Davis. Always, always supporting the show. Appreciate you, man. Not lost on me. He says, hey, yo, showing the love. Josh, that process show, though. Love it. I want to be like when I grow up. I'm assuming he meant to say love. But... <laughs> <laughs> well played, dude. Well played. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm really enjoying doing the show. Yeah, that's awesome. Get some good reviews for sure. It's 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 a fun idea for sure. It really is because I think a lot of people ask what's going on behind the scenes and of course a whole lot more goes into the process than yeah. you can than you can explain to anyone. Like there's even a lot that you explain to me where half of it was like, you know what? Okay, I, I don't that's <laughs> over my head. Just from the Excel standpoint, some of the yeah. but uh it, it definitely helps people understand exactly what you're doing. Um, and, and how you're getting to where you are, which I think is pretty cool. Which, by the way, Cole Anthony getting hurt yesterday pretty much sucked. Not, not great. Not great at all. What are, your, what are your thoughts on Washington here? They're five and a half point dogs. We should see a relatively competitive game here. And even if we don't, it's not going to keep us from, you know, blowout concerns are not going to keep us from rostering players. But uh, the, the reason I ask, or the reason I say that is because Russell Westbrook on DraftKings is down to 8,400. Bradley Beal's at 9,300. We've been seeing Nikola Vucevic yesterday, another 60 banger or around that with at 8,900. What, what price does Westbrook need to get to where you're saying he's just too cheap? 
so, so he's there now, but it right. depends on which site we're talking about. On FanDuel, I think Washington sucks. They're my least favorite team on the slate. Beal is 10-6, Westbrook's 9,700, and no one else on Washington looks good. Bertans is at 11% ownership. I don't agree with that at all. Um, I am more likely to have nothing from Washington. If you want to get Bradley Beal as a pay-up-to-be-contrarian option on FanDuel, I think that's okay, but the value is really on DraftKings. Although Beal at 9,300 is only projected for 6% ownership. I think that's crazy. I'd rather have double that at least. Um, It's Bradley Beal at 9,300. I don't care that Russell Westbrook is back. And then Westbrook is 8,400. That price doesn't make any sense to me, but he's already projected for 25% ownership. I don't think that you're squeezing enough value there. If you want to play Westbrook in cash, I think that's probably a no-brainer option right now. I think he's kind of a bad play in GPPs given that ownership. Yeah, uh, 24%, 25%, top five owned player right now. The thing is, can Toronto protect the rim? Can can they make it so Westbrook is in, it, it has trouble getting to the basket? Because since he returned, and you know Adam and I talked about this since the beginning of the year, uh, early on he just wasn't driving to the rim, and, and that kills his productivity because the last thing you want is Westbrook taking you know 16-footers, right? It's like literally the last thing you want. I'd rather him take threes because at least if he hits one, you're getting three points or three-and-a-half points on DraftKings out of it. Can he get to the rim against this Toronto team? Probably. Um, the question is, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, Chris Boucher blocks shots like it's nobody's business. Sure. That, that could play right into his hands or it could put Chris Boucher into foul trouble pretty quickly. I would hope that the that Aaron Baines is the guy that picks up the fouls and then we just get more Chris Boucher in the spot. Uh, the minutes are also kind of interesting for Russell Westbrook. I don't really know how to look into that. Uh, obviously, he didn't play on the eighth, played 28 minutes in the game before that, 25 the game before that, didn't play. Then he was back up into the 30s. So, that is the only thing that's really giving me pause right now. But at his price on DraftKings, I don't think it really matters how he's playing. I think he's just too cheap. I'm going to tell you my biggest – yeah, I'm with you, by the way. But I want to tell you real quickly my biggest concern with Westbrook, something that I've talked about throughout the year, hoping that it would change. Okay. Last year, 41.5% of his shots came from within three feet of the rim. This is why I bring this up. The year before that, 36%. 38% before that, Okay. You're talking about a guy that gets to the rim near nearly 40% or more of his shots every single year at the rim this year, 17% of his shots are coming within three feet of the basket. That's concerning to me when you're dealing with a guy that can't actually shoot. Yeah, that's, but he's still too cheap. I'm just saying. I bet they didn't think that was going to happen when they shipped John wall out. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Oh, cool. He's cooked. Great, 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 great. So, I don't know. It's just oh. something that I've been trying to pay close attention to because with Westbrook, you need something. You, you oh, need yeah. him being aggressive. You know, he has to. If he doesn't get to the rim, he's bad. Ex- exactly right. He's, yes, he's exactly like he's right. actually bad. He should yeah. not. He's barely an NBA player if he can't get to the rim. <laughs> he's not bringing anything. He's a. He's one of the worst defensive point guards in the league. He cannot shoot whatsoever. What do you want Russell Westbrook on the floor for if he can't get to the rim? Exactly, dude. He's shooting like twenty nine percent from mid range this year. Uh, and then he's shooting 60% from within three feet of the basket throughout his career. That's what you want. Yes. Do you have anything else for Washington or Toronto? No, I think Washington looks downright terrible today. Okay. Except Westbrook on, on draft games. Correct. Well, aside from Beal and What Westbrook. about Beal? Right? Beal looks fine. good yeah. because he's at low ownership to me. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised by that uh, until I saw how many high-priced players there are, and then it 
you know, makes a little bit more sense that you might not be jamming Beal in over them. But 9,300 against Toronto, uh, high total, north of 230. I, I, can, I can get down with that one. So let's go to Atlanta and Dallas. You've got the Atlanta Hawks, four-point dogs on the road, 232 total here. So we got a lot of high total games today. No real injury news on the Atlanta Hawks side outside of the guys that we already knew were going to be sidelined. And I guess if you want to throw Rajon Rondo into the mix, he's out as well. Do you like anybody against Dallas? It's a weird team. Uh, I do, though. I, I like Atlanta quite a bit. We've got Kevin Herter, 29% owned on FanDuel. John Collins at 14% ownership on FanDuel. Uh, both of those guys in double digits. No one else in double digits. Then Kevin Herter at 9.5% on DK. No one in double digits at all. I have these guys as significantly better plays than the ownership is showing. Trey Young shows up in the optimal for me 12% of the time on FanDuel. A similar amount on DraftKings. He's like 2% owned. Load up on Trey Young. Clint Capella, 8,300 and 8,600 on FanDuel and DraftKings respectively. Projected for 1% ownership. If that holds, I think it should be more like 10. Grab a bunch of Clint Capella. I agree with the John Collins ownership. Kevin Herter is in my contenders. I agree with that ownership. Cam Reddish is 4,400 on FanDuel and 4,800 on DraftKings at minimal ownership. These are a lot of guys that I want two, three, four X to the field because their ownership is in the two to 5% range. I think Atlanta is pretty sneaky today against Dallas. This Dallas defense too is, is, is really rough, Josh. Like they, they have been really, really bad lately. You want to pull it from the last month. They're bottom three. I mean, they're hanging out in the same range as the Kings and, and the Wizards. They're sandwiched in between both of them. They play at a relatively fast pace. Their offense just hasn't been the same. I mean, last year, correct me if I'm wrong, but they had an historically good offense by an offensive rating metric. So they were uh, the greatest offense in the history of basketball last season. Isn't that crazy? And yeah. this year, now, I, I don't think anyone's surprised to see a little bit of regression there. But, no. but they, they, they've, they've come back down to earth for sure. I'm with you on the Atlanta Hawks, and I think ownership plays a pretty significant role in this too. You know, a high total, no real ownership whatsoever. I mean, I know you focus a lot on, on Fandle, but on DraftKings, there isn't a single guy projected for more than 9%. And outside of Kevin Herter, nobody is projected for more than 4% on this slate. That's crazy. Yeah, and I have all of those guys, Young, Capella, Collins, Herter, and Reddish, all as green numbers on my sheet, which corresponds to them being under-owned. Uh, I like getting to I don't think that anybody is looking like a true smash play from Atlanta, sure. but I think that they are wildly under-owned. Uh, I would increase Atlanta as filler for me today. I think Trey Young should probably be around maybe 93, 9,500 on DraftKings, but he... I know he hasn't been ripping off those monster games, but Trey Young, the, the upside is here tonight, Josh. There's no doubt he could go easy 60-plus. And, and our boy Anker in, in chat mentioned that there's a lot of guys that could go 60-plus tonight. There are. Like, there are a ton of, of really high-ceiling players. But uh, I, I'm, always, I'm always intrigued by Trey Young in these matchups against a bad defense with a high total when he's getting virtually – I mean, he's getting no ownership whatsoever. So, no, yeah. None. I like it. I was trying to see where he sat in the boom bust tool. His boom rating is, so it's not very high. Bust rating is pretty high as well. And I guess that's one of the reasons he's not getting a lot of ownership. On the other side, Luca's got the fifth highest, sixth highest boom rating. You can check all this out at awesomeo.com if you haven't done so yet. Awesomeo.com slash join, by the way. And we do free content all the time. So if you're not a uh, premium sub yet, be sure to, uh, 
Tune into the shows to figure out what's free. Today, the NBA player projections, the golf ownership projections, and the NHL player projections are all free. What are we doing with Luca? Playing him, I guess, but it's not all that interesting. Uh, he's projected for 21% ownership on FanDuel, 14 on DK. I agree with those numbers perfectly. Like, it, it, it's spot on. Maxi's at 15% ownership on FanDuel. That I don't want. He's 4K today, but um, relatively indifferent. And then the rest of this team is sort of just properly owned. Everybody's in the 8% range, and that's exactly where I think they should be. So I don't have too much of a lean on anybody coming out of Dallas. Uh, Luca is the only guy you should be playing with any sort of volume. On the whole team, huh? Yeah, it's it's really not all that appealing. Like Porzingis is seven percent owned on FanDuel at eighty seven hundred. That's where I have him. Josh Richardson is at five. I think it should be seven. Like that's not a spot where I'm going crazy for leverage or anything along those lines. So, I mean, maybe Jay Rich on DK at fifty two hundred, but that ownership's already there. Porzingis is eighty six hundred on DraftKings. I think that ownership is fine at two percent, but it's really just Luca to me. All right, then if we move to Indian Brooklyn. Gets a little mm-hmm. bit interesting here because Kevin Durant is still out of this one. The Pacers, two and a half point dogs. <coughs> Excuse me. Again, 234 total. This is going to happen. Anytime yeah. you face Brooklyn, you're going to have a monster total. Uh, almost, I, I can't remember the last Brooklyn game that didn't have a total north of 230. Many of them above 240. We can start- Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Started off with Indy, though, because they're, they're a pretty decent basketball team. I don't think there's anything about them that, that leads you to believe that they're, you know, a competitor long term. But they're going to keep the, There's There's no reason to believe they don't keep this game close. And the prices are reasonable, Josh. Like Malcolm Brogdon and Demonis Sabonis are both getting decent ownership for good reason. Even Miles Turner pulling a little bit of ownership. When you're facing Brooklyn, there are going to be some plays that really pop off. And we continue to see that night in and night out. As last night, Jeremy Grant went off, had 17 actual points in the first quarter. And DeLon Wright also had himself a game alongside him. For me, I've got three guys that I want a lot of today. Some of these guys are already getting the ownership, so that's fine. I'm still going to get there. Malcolm Brogdon, 7,200 on FanDuel, 7,400 on DraftKings. Looks great. Projected for 20% ownership plus on both sites. I completely agree with it. Uh, This is a fantastic spot, pace-up spot, terrible defense, no defensive backcourt uh talent to speak of whether it's Irving or Harden so Brogdon very obviously a no-brainer so bonus 9300 on FanDuel 8600 on DraftKings I have them around 15% odds of being in the optimal across both sites ownership is in that 15 to 20 percent range so he's another guy that I'm going to have quite a bit of and then Miles Turner this one's really crazy to me 
60, uh, let me actually, before I go any further, let me just look at Miles Turner's minutes and make sure I'm not going to lose my mind here. Okay, down a little bit, but I still think he's going to be trying, they're going to be trying to play him a bunch. Uh, Miles Turner is 6,800 on FanDuel. He's 6K on DraftKings. He's got 2.7% ownership on FanDuel and 10 on DK. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's probably projected for like three and a half blocks. Um, I want to get a lot of Miles Turner at that low ownership. I think he's more free, like 3% ownership on FanDuel is a no brainer to me. I'm just going to have many multiples there and hope for the best against Brooklyn. DeAndre Jordan is not going out to the three-point line to try to guard Miles Turner. Uh, that's just simply not going to happen. I assume that Jordan will be on Sabonis. One of Sabonis or Turner, I think, like truly breaks this game. Uh, I'm just going to have enough of both to try to hedge my bets. It could also be both of them. Yeah, I'm 100% with you here. By the way, uh, one of those games was a 20-point blowout loss where he yeah. saw his minutes uh, curtailed, and then he had five fouls in the other one. I wanted to see, so he had three fouls in his second rotation in the second quarter, comes back out, picks up another two fouls, Josh, yeah. uh, five minutes into the third. So there was still a lot of game left. He didn't return until 122 left in the last quarter uh, and missed a, a, a significant part of that first and second rotation. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get back up into to 30 minutes again today. That wouldn't surprise me at all. No, not at all. Uh, th those are the three guys that I like the most. I don't have much interest in anything else from Indiana. Uh, either prices are too high or there's just not really enough value to speak of. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to see if there was anything to that because I, I think you can still give him around 30 minutes here. That, yeah. I, I had him, I think I had him a little bit too high, but I don't think it's going to matter. I still have him at 31 minutes. 31. Okay. Yeah. 30, 31. It sounds about right to me. Uh, but on a per minute basis, Miles Turner has given you solid numbers. And yeah. so is so is Malcolm Brogdon. Obviously, so is Demonis Sabonis. Just, you know, when you look at the assist rate, the usage rate, the rebound rate, everything from uh, Demonis Sabonis is elite right now for for a player of, of his uh, in the front court, a big man being able to put all of those tools together and become a legitimate triple double threat. You don't get that very often with very many players. But, uh, yeah, Miles Turner this season is averaging his second-best per-minute totals of his year – or per-minute average of his career. So uh, I'm Love with it. you there. And I actually think he's underpriced. So do I. By a lot. With 6K on FanDuel? I mean, he can yeah. pay that off in blocks. Yeah, for sure. These guys deserve a little bit of ownership. I wouldn't be I, – I would have been – I would not have been surprised if they were all higher projected on than they are. So – uh, we're on the same page there. What about Brooklyn? Nice. They're not going to have Kevin Durant. Kyrie yeah. Irving is 9,100 on DraftKings. His price actually came down since yesterday. James Harden's price has come down $500, actually. He played 39 minutes. You know he's going to get a lot of run, and we keep saying this. You said it yesterday. We had this conversation. The usage has not been there. He only attempted 14 shots in 39 minutes. He did get to the line seven times. That contributes to usage as well. But he had another 60-plus fantasy point game because he had seven stocks, which you <laughs> cannot rely on. You can't. He's not going to do five blocks every game and two steals. No. And no. he had another double-digit assist game with six rebounds. So he is racking them up. But I don't know, man. That usage is weird. Let's have a conversation right now. We have him projected for 35% ownership on Fandle at 10,600. I don't conceivably know how anyone can get to that it doesn't make any sense to me i don't know how you would have to project james harden 
for him to be a 35% owned guy today because he has not done that at all in Brooklyn. He's not even remotely close to it. You would have to give him rates that look like when everybody else was off the floor for him to get to that ownership number. Like he's, I gave him like 27, 28% usage of bumped his assist rate. I, I don't understand the appeal. James Harden at 35% ownership on FanDuel, regardless of what happens tonight, is the worst play on FanDuel in the slate if you're playing a GPP. One might say it's preposterous. It, I just, I can't even figure out how it's happening. People have, like, you just have to assume that James Harden is not, like he's going to play with a usage rate 10 percentage points higher than it currently is. That's insane that- to me. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Like you, you have to be assuming that his usage is is considerably higher. So, like, how do you play him over Bradley Beal today, given their ownerships right now? And given, are they really that different of players today? Given the difference in price, and yeah, the the matchups aren't all that different. Both high total games. Uh, right. What because about, like, Harden, Zach Levine's ninety three hundred. Is he that different than James Harden as a as when he when James Harden is masquerading as not James Harden? Right now, no. Right in, in this in this current iteration of James Harden, no. You're right. I, I think Harden's going to give you. I think Harden has a higher floor because of just his overall ability to rack up insane peripherals. But no, I, I don't think you're wrong here and. In the boom bust tool, you've got to you got to scroll to find Harden. No, I'm sorry, you don't. I was on the bust. He, wow. Okay, so Alex has him as the second highest boom rating on the entire on the entire slate. Alex has James Harden projected for eight more fantasy points than I do. Okay, so I don't I don't know what to do with that information. So I suppose. This is this is all coming down the projected usage, has to yes. be right. Yeah, because I'm assuming you're still giving him a lot of minutes. Thirty-seven. Right. And you start giving him more than that, it gets a bit dicey. So we'll see. This could, I mean, essentially, this seems like it could be pretty pivotal in in, in deciding how tonight's or how tonight goes. But on the same page, again, you have so many other high-priced options that are in really good spots as well that. If you don't like Harden, you can just pivot off to guys that are less expensive or in the same ballpark and probably be okay. Harden with just Durant out, 1.4 fantasy points per minute, 26% usage. How do you get to – I just don't know what else I can do. I've got him projected for 1.33 fantasy points per minute in this game. What are you doing with Irving? And the rest of this uh, cast of characters in Brooklyn. Basically playing nobody. Like, I think Kyrie is properly owned at 8%. So he's a guy that I would like to have about 8% of on FanDuel. I think he's over-owned on DraftKings at 9,100. And I think DeAndre Jordan for 4,500 is properly owned at 8%. The only guy that I think is actually like an okay play is Harden on FanDuel, but not at 35% ownership. I have him as an 11% guy. Even if we want to treat it like, you know... Obviously, everybody should defer to Alex over me because he's a millionaire from this and I am not. However, even if you just wanted to say we're going to split the difference between these two projections, he's not a 35% owned shooting guard. You should still be coming in under that mark. Anything else from this team? I think that's it, right? I guess guess the the only other thing I would ask is when you've got Kyrie Irving without Kevin Durant, 
there are some some interesting wrinkles in his game that make him at least somewhat appealing. But the problem is, how are you getting to him over Bradley Beal would probably be the biggest question. And the answer Absolutely. probably you're not. Just as like a one-to-one pivot right there. They're both the exact same price. But, you know, you've got Luka Doncic and Trey Young both north of 10K. LeBron north of 10K probably without Anthony Davis. We'll see. Giannis over 10K. Nikola Jokic over 10K. Should James Harden be like the most owned guy out of all of that group? That seems insane. Yeah, I don't see it either. I, I really don't. Could this game absolutely go nuts? Yes. That happens with a lot of Brooklyn games, and, and that'll help. And they're, they're going to play a lot of possessions. It's going to be fast-paced. Uh, they're going to need to score because their defense is going to cough up so many points. So there's a lot that goes into it for sure, but there's also a lot of other great plays in similar conditions. So let's talk about Charlotte and Memphis, the Charlotte Hornets on the road against the Grizzlies coming in at four point dogs, two twenty three and a half point total here. No Devontae Graham for the Hornets, no uh, DeAnthony Melton, no Brandon Clark for Memphis thoughts on the Charlotte. I like him quite a bit. I've been pretty heavy on LaMelo Ball over these past couple games. No reason to stop now, at least on FanDuel. Uh, He's about, they have four guys on FanDuel in the 10 to 18% range in ownership. Uh, I agree with LaMelo's ownership. I like Gordon Hayward more than he's currently owned. I'm pretty heavy on PJ Washington. I'm looking for him to knock a little bit of the rust off. I'm happy to get to Terry Rozier. I think all four of those guys uh, are key pieces of everything that I'll be doing today. I really like getting to Charlotte. I don't really mind Memphis at all. Those four main guys from the Hornets look good. Cody Zeller is at 13% ownership on FanDuel. That's not really something that I'm looking for a a lot in comparison to the ownership. I think you can get different there. Uh, But for the other guys, Ball, Hayward, Washington, Rozier, these are all, you know, 15 to 25% owned guys for me. Okay. So uh, Josh Baker says this, this dude Engelman makes or breaks his lineups by ownership projections. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, you cut for tournaments. Yes. Like you're, you're using ownership as, as one of your top guides in deciding what you're, by the way, it doesn't mean you're like, it doesn't mean for anyone that's unfamiliar, it doesn't mean that you're trying to get in a lineup. You see this all the time where people be like, well, how's this lineup look? And Josh, they've got eight guys sub 5% owned. Like yep. you don't need to do that. And you, you all, all the time are, are going to say, we, we all do. Okay. This guy's really high owned, but I don't care. I really like him anyway. He, he deserves this price point. But what you're using is you're taking projections, you're taking ownership. And if you see a discrepancy there where one guy just seems higher owned than he should be based on projections, then yeah, it's going to guide your decision pretty considerably. Yeah. If you're highly owned and I think you should be highly owned, then I still play you a lot. If you're highly owned and I don't think that you should be highly owned, I'm not going to also still play you a lot. <laughs> right. right. By the way, not the only guy doing this. The, the top of the leaderboards are all doing the exact same thing. Just FYI. Yeah, like Alex, number one ranked player, Osmo, yeah. he's doing that. They're his ownership projections. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Alex ignores his own content. Yeah, that's why you have the boom bust tool. That's why you have ownership because in just such a highly competitive game that DFS is now, you need every edge you can get. And being able to be underweight on someone that is super popular, maybe for the wrong reasons, or overweight on someone that isn't popular is what helps you win or lose tournaments. Yeah. Exactly. What are you doing with Memphis? I don't know. Avoiding them like I do every other day. Uh, 
We've got John Moran at 11% ownership on FanDuel. The, oh, I was going to say he's the only guy in double digits, but that's not true because Dylan Brooks is at 20. Um, Kyle Anderson is at 12 on DK, the only other guy uh, north of that. I only have John Morant optimal odds north of 10% on FanDuel. Everybody else is sub that. So a little bit of John Morant and probably nothing else from Memphis. Charlotte Memphis is just not a fun, normally not a fun DFS game. I thought there would be more value coming out of Memphis, but I just don't really see it for today. Uh, this is probably a spot where I'm going to be a little bit lighter. Uh, probably my biggest disparity between current ownership and sim odds. Yeah, I was going to say Dylan Brooks getting a little bit of ownership on on FanDuel. Um, Kyle Anderson, it seems like every game gets in that you know 10 to 13 percent range on DraftKings, Josh, because he hovers in that mid 5K range. He plays 30 plus minutes. He's been you know, on a per minute basis, believe it or not, north of one, which is solid. But he's also, you have to think one of the, one of the, the, as far as range of outcomes goes, you kind of know what you're getting from, from Kyle Anderson. And he doesn't have a particularly high ceiling at all. No. And you need guys like John Morant to be off the floor. The other high usage guys where then Kyle Anderson gets big bumps when he can just settle into being like the third or fourth guy. uh, He can be a ghost out there. Yeah, absolutely. Clippers, Minnesota, LA Clippers on the road, 10 and a half point favorites, 222 and a half total. I've got to tell you, I've unfortunately watched a decent amount of this Minnesota team lately. Uh, you know, just because watching basketball is usually fun. They are really bad. I mean, they, they are, they are really, really bad. And it feels like they'd be hard pressed to even stay competitive in most of these games. I know recently they've, they've, they've kept a couple games close, but they're losing all of them, Josh. I mean, all of them. I'm looking at their last nine loss, 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 win, loss, loss, win, loss, loss. They're, t- they're just really, really rough. And they won't have Carl Anthony towns again. They might not have D'Angelo Russell. I don't even know if it matters. Honestly, uh, Malik Beasley's headed off to a workhouse at the end of this year. I mean, things are not looking up in Minnesota right now. Now, Beasley's been good. D'Angelo Russell's been terrible, but no surprise there. I've been beating that drum for years. People just need to listen to me. They should have hired me as the Minnesota GM. <laughs> they'd be they'd be much better off at this Beasley's point. Beasley's instant offense. He's a good scorer, yeah. man. I mean, I, I got nothing against Malik Beasley. I don't know how much I love his price point, though. Or his personal choices. Well, um, yes, of course. So yeah, By the way, what's a workhouse? Like, is that... Is this because he he's, he's getting work release and all? Yeah. I guess he go. They said he was sentenced to 120 days in the something workhouse. I think it was. Like, is he going to be actually confined in there for for four months, or is this just going to be like, a, okay, show up and work in the morning, and this is your punishment? We're just saying it's 120 days to make it seem like an actual sentence. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he's not confined. I'm thinking the same thing. Don't you love though that they're like, all right, pal, wait, wait till the season's over. You know, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna let in, you play this one out. Insane that that is like stuff that happens. It's crazy. Oh, uh, the Atlantean, that is a low blow, man. Says Josh, good call on Lonnie Walker. We got word an hour before lock that he was coming off the bench and limited, and his minutes were going to be limited. What do you expect? Yeah. Spoiler alert. I didn't like him as much after that. Yeah. Like that, of course not. You should have bumped him down considerably. Yeah, he becomes not a play at that point in time. Just 
just so you guys know, whatever I say at 10 o'clock is usually meaningless by 6 o'clock because 600 other things have changed. Yeah, if news changes and big news, like, hey, this guy's not going to play a lot. Yeah. You know, try. I think I'm, I'm more than willing. I'm open to criticism. We all are. Like, you know, losses happen a lot in DFS. But that one, I mean, that's just that's just a low blow, Josh. It's just silly. It's so silly. Of course he didn't look good. It took eight minutes off of Lonnie Walker's projection. He goes from a guy that I like a lot to a guy that wouldn't be in a single lineup. Yep. What are you doing with the Clippers? <sighs> Playing Kawhi and Nick Batum, unfortunately. Paul George uh, out, by the way. Patrick Beverly questionable. Yeah, and I put Beverly in. I don't think that's all that interesting. We need to have a little bit of a conversation about Nick Batum, though, I think. So I've got Kawhi as, you know, a good play. He's showing up in the optimal like 15% of the time. Owned a little bit more, but I think that's different on studs. So happy to go that direction. Nick Batum is 5,100 on FanDuel. He's 5,200 on DraftKings. And those prices seem fine for Nick Batum. I mean, he's bouncing between playing 30-something minutes and high 20s. If he plays in the mid-30s like he has been, he's at 1.5% ownership on FanDuel and 3.7 on DraftKings. At 35 minutes, I want significantly more than that. I'm not entirely sure I understand. Like, it's got to be a minutes thing. So what do you see in Nick Batum's minutes? What would you be comfortable projecting him for? Well, first of all, he's played 269 minutes with Paul George off the floor this year. 0.8 DraftKings points, 0.79 uh, Fandle points, which in Nicholas Batum's case is, is okay. I, I don't have a huge issue with that. 13% usage. I mean, the, the numbers... The numbers are not going to be all that impressive, but you already knew no. that. Um, By the way, that, I have them projected for 0.82 fantasy points. Today, okay, that, that, that's fine. And this, again, is against the Minnesota Timberwolves. So Correct. There is a legitimate blowout risk in this one. I'm very much willing to admit that, but it's it's going to be tough to, to base decisions off of that. As far as minutes go, his have been all over the place. Um, but But a lot of that, much of that has been the result of blowouts. The Cleveland game uh, blowout win won by 26 against Orlando. He only played 28 minutes. So I, I don't see why he wouldn't get into the 30s today. I guess the big question is why did he only play 27 minutes last game? But uh, I, I think based on what we've seen from him this season, he's averaging just shy of 30 minutes. There is no Paul George today. And he's seen big minutes in competitive games recently. So in the event that this does somewhat happen to stay close, yeah, I think you could give Batum north of 30 minutes. Yeah, if he plays north of 30 minutes, I love it. So the last game, he played all the normal rotations, started the first, closed the second, started the third, closed the fourth, just didn't come in ultra early in that final rotation. Uh, but I'm not, I can't really read into anything. They just sort of trimmed up the rotations a little bit. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So I, I don't really know how to read into it. His minutes have been bouncing all around the place. I'm going to give him 31 and at that point, or 33 rather. And at that point, I still think he's a fantastic play at low ownership. Uh, just but, another guy that you can get to in a large field GPP. Sure. And the thing with Batum is you need the minutes. Yeah. He's he's not going to. He's, he's the opposite of be, Chris Boucher. Exactly, exactly. So uh, Nicholas Batum gives you thirty three plus minutes. There's definitely so, some upside there. If, if he comes out and and gives you another twenty four, and they blow the doors off Minnesota, and he doesn't come back after his shortened rotation in the third quarter, you're very likely going to be in some trouble. So yep. there's some risk there, but he is he is inexpensive, and he's facing a terrible Minnesota team. Absolutely. And by the way, uh, from Minnesota, we didn't really talk about it. No one is getting any real ownership, nor should they. Um, If D'Angelo Russell ends up out, uh, we'll probably end up with a little bit of value coming from Minnesota, but I don't have a ton of interest in getting to anything from Minnesota. And they are very, very minimally owned. Yeah, I mean, the highest projected owned player is Jared Vanderbilt on DraftKings. Yeah, that says a lot. Yeah. At 4,100... I don't think it's absurd that if you actually yeah. ended up with a little bit of him, uh, but the minutes are, are considerably down from where they were just a couple of weeks ago, where he was getting at least 25 minutes per game. Now you're lucky to get 20 out of him. He's played less than 20 in three of his last five. That's, that's probably another pretty significant stay away spot. So yes, it is new Orleans and Chicago. Let's keep this one going. We've got the Chicago bulls. Three-point dogs at home, 230.5 total. Another 230-plus point game. We got four of them today. Uh, Again, a lot of high-scoring games. We'll start it off with the Pels, who I think, first of all, you and I talk about this a lot now and talked about it yesterday, playing a second of a back-to-back, but they've just got a lot of guys here that are going to make it difficult to feel great about any of them because there are a lot of mouths to feed. And we have Josh Hart now coming off a strong game with the highest projected ownership on DraftKings, Guillermo, you may know him as Willie, Hernan Gomez also getting around 10%, but uh, none, of the, none of the big guns getting any ownership once again. No, and I think that's fine. Um, I, get, I have Zion. Well, I have technically speaking, I have Eric Bledsoe on FanDuel at 5,100 as the best play coming from the Pels. Ownership is already higher than the mark I have him on, so I'm not even all that interested you know, if you want to get to Steven Adams or Brandon Ingram or Zion, those are guys that are always going to show up as fine. Uh, I don't see a ton of value coming out of anything from New Orleans. I'm certainly not chasing the Josh Hart game from last night. Don't expect him to play 40 minutes again tonight, oddly enough. So uh, I haven't been for 25. That's fine. If he plays a little bit more, great. But I find New Orleans to be pretty uneventful. Everybody's just sort of priced where they should be. Man, Zion, another patented 38 fantasy point game yesterday but he did only play 21 minutes josh i mean that's that's pretty damn good that's pretty good (laughs) they won by 29 points that game was never competitive maybe that actually maybe after all the shit i talked and it wasn't really shit talking it was more just 
truth, facts. Maybe this was about to be the game where where Zion was going to pop off. 38 in 21 minutes. That's, a really, that's, that's almost two fantasy points per minute. I mean, I, I, not you already know it. I love that dude. I'm so he's the best player on the team. It's not even particularly close to me. I'm really anxious to see what he ends up looking like down the line. It all comes down to defense for him. I'm, I'm curious to see how he grows, but not a great DFS guy, but fun as hell to watch from a real life perspective. You know, we still have a bet going. I know that's that's the the ass tattoo, correct? Yes. What was the bet? Uh, first, team. I don't remember. First team remember. all pro? No, it couldn't have been first team all. I think you said he wouldn't make any all NBA teams. All I NBA, so I was thinking. I wouldn't have betted an ass tattoo on first team. That's that's really aggressive. Um, We're going to have to go back and NBA. look. Because I wouldn't have bet all-star. I definitely no, neither would I. All-star oh, I mean, he'll make all-star games even when he shouldn't. Exactly. So that's not something I bet. I remember you saying it'll happen like within a couple of years, and I said there's no chance. And whoever lost would get an ass tattoo. I think it might have been face. first or second team. I think we agreed to not include third team. Is that what it was? That sounds right to me. I, we're never going to find it, so it's probably not going to matter. Um, <laughs> There's probably someone that'll watch this that will remember. I guarantee we, our, our viewers always come through in the clutch. Like, so I'm gonna, we're going to get a tweet at some point today. Hey, it was this. I remember because our memories are shot. So, you know, if you remember, let us know. Oh, man. Uh, fun stuff. By the way, hit that thumbs up, guys, if you haven't done so yet. I think I forgot to mention that earlier, Josh. What am I doing? Uh, I mean, being worse at your job than I am. <laughs> Subscribe. Not, to the you're, not, you're not asking for likes. You're giving reads for the wrong sponsors. It's I mean, been, what, it's you, been a rough week, man. It's been a rough week. I'll, I'll let them know on the back end to switch our names in the show host <laughs> analyst spot. Hit that subscribe button as well. It helps us a ton. Uh, look, the, the reason we ask for thumbs up and, and subscriptions is because that al- algorithm here on YouTube, you got to combat it. It's, it's, a, it's an everyday battle, and we're doing our best to, to keep ourselves at the top, which we've worked so hard to get to because, you know, when you got the best free content out there, hopefully people stick around. Anything for Chicago? Because Zach Levine's uh-huh. in that same neighborhood in salary as, uh, as Bradley Beal, as Kyrie Irving. He's right there in that low 9K range. Well, on FanDuel, we're doing it all again from two days ago. Levine's 9,300 on FanDuel, 9K on DraftKings. I think he looks good. Clearly, monster ceiling coming out of Zach Levine. Ownership is there, but I don't think it's a problem. Going to be one of the guys I have a bunch of. Uh, Then we need to get into Patrick Williams and Denzel Valentine. So they're 5,500 and 5,300, respectively, on DK. Solid values. They're seeing extra minutes with Otto Porter out, with Markinen out, with uh, Wendell Carter Jr. out. They didn't get priced up on FanDuel. Patrick Williams is still 4,400. He played the stupid amount of minutes (laughs) on Monday night. Um, He played 35 and a half minutes on Monday. Denzel Valentine, also still 4,400. Patrick Williams is projected for 34% ownership today, so he's chalk again. Denzel Valentine is projected for 25% ownership. He's chalk again. I think they're a little over chalky as far as I'm concerned, but there's still some of the best dollar for dollar plays on FanDuel tonight. Probably two guys you have to put directly into a cash lineup. I'm going to be getting to this Bulls team once again, but it's Levine, Williams, Valentine, and Kobe White for me. And for the however many straight shows that I have to do it, I won't be playing Thaddeus Young at 6,900. Yep. Cheetah says, 
need to hear from Lafayette today if he says the Mavs pick and roll D is going to be a problem for Trey. Um, it was Charlotte's pick and roll defense for for Trey and for Luca, and that was that was Adam who brought up a good point about that. But also was very clear that that is not the be all and end all. It was just you know one aspect of research that they shut Trey down in back to back games. They stopped Luca, and then the next time Luca played him, he went off. So, you know, that is just the way it is. But no, it's it's not as as far as I've seen, it's not Atlanta's defense right now. Anything else for the Bulls? No, I don't think so. It's pretty much just those four guys: Levine, Williams, Valentine, White. Uh, guys like Sadoransky or Temple could fall into some extra minutes, but I don't think that I need to go to those guys on a nine-game slate. They'd be more in line for like a smaller slate. All right. No house advantage. You heard about it earlier in the show sponsor of the NBA strategy show. They are taking an entirely different spin on daily fantasy sports with peer to peer prop bets. It's a pretty wonderful thing. And the best part about all of it, there are two best parts to playing at no house advantage. Okay. One, it's an entirely different game. You're doing prop bets by confidence intervals instead of like DraftKings and FanDuel Sportsbooks where you can only bet one at a time, you actually throw them into contest form. So the one you're most confident in, you put at the top and onward all the way down in a GPP style format. But you also get $20 when uh, matched on your deposit when you use the promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O, which is great. And one more thing, I think this might actually be the best part, Josh, because all of the projections for No House Advantage built by Alex Baker, taking the, all of the props on the site and, 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 and comparing them to his projections, they're entirely free at awesomeo.com. So like you're already starting off on the right foot with your $20 and free projections. You're way ahead of the game. Yeah. Way ahead of the game. You're getting, I, I, I mean, like, I don't want to say spoon fed because that makes it sound like unappealing, but <laughs> it's, it's very valuable information that doesn't really exist in this industry anywhere. If you want to tackle no house advantage, we are giving you all of the tools to do so at a very high level. Yep. Oh, and one more thing that uh, Ben brings up all the time. These props are static. They don't change. They're no. not, you're not going to see a prop come out in the morning. And then as it would on maybe DraftKings or FanDuel getting hammered hard in one direction, drop or, or, or rise. And then, you know, and, and then you're hitting that. What you're seeing is so these bets that they come out in the morning or maybe the night before, they don't change at all. So yeah. for one reason or another, you could be getting just absolute great, a great edge over anyone else who isn't paying attention, who isn't playing the same game, who isn't using the free projections. So use that promo code Osmo. Go to No House Advantage or download it in the app store today. All right, Josh, what do we got? Three left? Because I think we're actually doing pretty decent as far as time goes. Uh, I mean, we're good to go. I have no concept. Uh, you go in a different order than I do, so I never have any idea what's next. We got three games. I go in the DraftKings order. Okay. I don't That's I don't ever open that at all. Sure. Sure. <laughs> well, they just DraftKings just goes by time. And but the one you use goes by time, but it probably mixes up. Like if there's three at 730, they get mixed yeah. up. Three yeah, I mean, I don't I go by time as well, but you know, the three games at eight are random as far as I'm concerned. I do I do them in alphabetical order of home team. Oh, okay. At each at each time. So like at eight o'clock it went Hornets, Pacers, Clippers. That could be anything on DK. It certainly could. So could this uh actually I go by alphabetical order of road team, I guess. It's it's very unimportant. That's stupid. Very unimportant. <laughs> Cleveland and Denver. Uh the Cleveland Cavs 
on the road, nine and a half point uh, dogs, 219 total. This is one of the lowest totals of the game. Actually, all of these night games outside of one of them are kind of eh, on the surface, but then you got some injuries thrown in, some cheap players, and it's going to make some popular options as we see so often. And we'll get to OKC in just a second. But if we start with Cleveland, Josh, no ownership here outside of, no. you know, it's seemingly, seemingly some sprinkles of Andre Drummond, Darius Garland, and Colin Sexton, which seems to be the case every single night because you like the ceiling on Drummond, but it's, it's a volatile spot for him. We have a lot to talk about here. So one, uh, you said sprinkles in ownership. Definitely didn't look at the FanDuel table where Andre Drummond is 28% owned. Yeah, Colin referring Sexton, to DraftKings at 8,300, yes. Colin Sexton, 18% owned. On DK, I think a bunch of these guys are going under-owned, actually. We need to have a bigger conversation about Andre Drummond and Jared Allen. So they started Jared Allen in their last game alongside Andre Drummond, Drummond, but they didn't stagger them either. Nobody picked up that extra rotation in the middle. So they played beginning of the first, end of the second, beginning of the third, and a weirder rotation later on in the game. But they are just literally playing them next to each other like Jared Allen is a power forward. I have no idea if that's going to happen again, but for now I've got Andre Drummond at 30 minutes, Jared Allen at 28 minutes, happy to get to both of them. Drummond probably a little bit over-owned on Fandle, but still looks pretty good. And then on DK, I think all these guys are just mildly under-owned. No problem getting to Sexton, Allen, uh, Garland. So get get yourself some Sexland backcourt. Even Isaac Okoro at 3,300, there's not a lot to pay down for on DK today. Um, That's value at north of 30 minutes. They could yank this rotation all over the place, and I would not be surprised. I have no idea where Cleveland goes from here because it's really just not the way that these things fit together all that well. So it's Drummond and Sexton for me on FanDuel, and then any one of those main five guys from Cleveland uh, look to be a little bit under-owned on DK. Yeah, so Drummond and Allen played 30 minutes alongside of each other last game. 30 minutes. You talk about not staggering them. It's pretty significant because Allen played 34 minutes. Drummond played around 36 total. Drummond had 1.22 drafting points per minute, 0.68 for Allen. It's, of course, a very small sample size, but uh, on the rebounding front, Jared Allen rebounding took a hit. No surprise there. Drummond's still at 25%. And I think the one argument you could make in favor of Drummond always is, Josh, unless it's like Joel Embiid or Rudy Gobert that you're playing alongside of him, you're just not going to steal rebounds from him. You know, like I don't look at a, another center, and Jared Allen's not exactly a, a seven-foot-one big man. I just don't look at anyone and say, man, that's really going to hurt Drummond at this point because he's a monster on the boards and you'd be silly to assume that one of those guys could, could take rebounds away from him. Yeah. I I think it's just going to have a negative effect on both of those guys. It's really just going to depend on price and where their minutes end up lining up. Sure. I'm not saying it helps them, but I'm saying it might be overblown looking at someone like that and saying, man, that really hurts him. I just don't, I don't think it hurts him on a rebounding front. Jared Allen's not a particularly, uh, not a high usage uh, player at all. I was thinking, it, I was saying it the opposite way. I think it hurts Jared Allen. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I was, I was speaking specifically to Andre Drummond saying like, this is not someone that I'm really worried is going to get crushed in that respect because Jared Allen's on the floor alongside him. I wish he wasn't. Yeah. You know, I, I would be a lot happier if it was, you know, Chetty Osman playing the four, but I'm not worried about it. Well, I'd be a lot happier if it was Jared Allen playing the five and Andre Drummond being the starting center for insert crap team here. Yeah, wouldn't that be fun? Bring him over to Minnesota. 
let him put in yeah. some work. I think they've got a center that's slightly better when he's on the floor, at least. Yeah, if he ever is again. Well, yeah. Yeah, I get that lung capacity up, bro. Yeah, look, it's 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 sad. It's pretty awful, actually. But he's been out for a long time now, so yeah, I don't know. They're not going anywhere. Maybe cut the cord on the season and just say, you know, sit this one out, pal. They won't. Well, they don't. You know why they won't? Because they don't have their pick. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, they got they got Anthony Edwards. Ah, lucky them. That's exciting. I'm glad they didn't take right? Lamelo Ball. That wouldn't have been a good idea. Yeah, that's exciting. Morons. What are you doing with the Denver Nuggets? Nikola Jokic just been absolutely dominant. I, I did a, a 2021 sports future show on Sirius XM yesterday. It was like a two-hour sports future show, which is pretty fun. Talking finals voting or finals bets, the awards for uh, MVP, six-man, Super Bowl 2021, all that good, or 2022, all that good stuff. And I just find it remarkable that Embiid and Jokic are both two and three in, in MVP odds right now behind LeBron James. Jokic has been amazing. He's, he's coming off a 50-pointer and then a 35-point game. He's He does literally everything in their offense. He's their best all-around offensive player. I mean, you could probably make a case that he's like the most versatile offensive player in basketball, given the amount of different things that he can do at his size. It's crazy. Uh, with that said, 11-1 on FanDuel, 11K on DraftKings, just tough to pay that entire salary. Doesn't look bad or anything. He's pretty heavily owned on FanDuel, uh, to be honest, but I don't need to go there aggressively. Jokic, Murray, Porter, and Barton all look really, really similar to me relative to salary. These are guys I want to have about 10% of, and it's sort of the same scenario on DraftKings. That just, they're just not a team that I want to get like heavy on. I think they're just fine. I'm assuming that we see Drummond and, and Jared Allen start in the front court again yeah. Be because in that last game, I mean, I guess it was because Frank Kaminsky was in the starting lineup too, but do, do you think we see the same starting lineup? I asked just so we can, you know, look at, at, at Denver and maybe figure out what that lineup look or what, what, what minutes look like there, but probably doesn't make a difference. I, I doubt you're going to play to to Cleveland's hand regardless, you know? I would give anything to be able to stop talking about Andre Drummond. Chat keeps trying to send him to other teams. He's not going to those teams. He's not as good as you think he is. It's, it's just a terrible conversation. It's driving me absolutely bonkers. Well, he is as good as you think he is for DFS, but in real life sure. basketball, no. I've already absolutely. had this conversation today on the process show. Like, I can't get rid of this dude. It's it's awful. Awful. Do you agree People with Jokic's have, ownership? Not on FanDuel. It's too high. On DraftKings, I think it's fine. Yeah. I, I do think that Allen and Drummond start alongside each other again. I do too. Eight and a half percent on DraftKings. I don't know. It seems pretty low to me. Anything else in this game before we move on? Nah. OKC, LA Lakers. Here we go once again. The Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm tired of talking about the Thunder, Josh, because it's just a bunch of not very good players that are getting extraordinary ownership. And I hate to say it, but it's it's warranted. Isaiah Roby on DraftKings. 58% projected ownership right now. How about this? How about this? Let me do this for you. If you were to take everyone on this slate, everyone, the top three highest projected owned players are all on OKC, and four of the top six are all on OKC. It's absurd. It's I don't I don't even know what to say anymore. Play everybody aggressively other than Darius Miller and maybe Justin Jackson. Uh, I 
Isaiah Roby's the best play on the slate. He's 58% owned on FanDuel or on DraftKings. He's not as highly owned on FanDuel because of the way the positions work, but Diallo, Horford, Baisley, Roby, Dort, these are 25 to 30% guys. You have to have a ton of Oklahoma city. There's no way around it. It doesn't matter if they get blown out at all because they have to fill these minutes one way or the other. It's the best spot on the slate. Yeah. And let's uh, let me back up for one second here. So, so they're missing Gilgis Alexander. They're missing Teo Maladon. They're missing Mike Muscala. George Hill obviously remains out. So, and, and Trevor Ariza hasn't played this season. They, they they continue to update the news on him too, which is which is frustrating. I guess he's coming back at some point soon. But yeah. so SGA, Maladon, uh, Mascala, George Hill. How, let's let's go ahead and just take a look at what we expect these minutes to be this season or uh, tonight, Josh. And Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I know you have them right in front of you. I do. Um, I mean, I've got Diallo at 35, Horford at 30, Baisley at 36, Roby at 30, Dort at 32, Kenrich Williams at 31, Justin Jackson at 28, Darius Miller at 18. Clearly, okay. some of that stuff can wiggle around, but it's really hard to not play someone a bunch of minutes because then they're just out of players. They don't, they don't have other options. Everyone has to play you know, three or four pretty legitimate rotations, no matter what. Horford's played 35 minutes without SGA, George Hill, Mascala, and Teo Maladon. What's that usage rate at? (laughs) You saw this? Yeah. Well, first of all, 1.92 DraftKings points per minute, totally sustainable. And and a usage rate of 38%. So... Yeah, lock it I, up. I can't project him there. I, I just sort of like picked a number in the high twenties. I don't know what else to do. Right, you're you're not yeah, you're not giving him two fantasy points per minute. But no, I, I honestly do think that Al Horford remain. It sucks that I wish he would had power forward eligibility. Not that he should, but because sometimes DraftKings just kind of does that, right? Yeah, that would be awesome because then Horford would be even more appealing. But he came off a banger just a couple of days ago against none other than Minnesota with 57 fantasy points. Uh, and he flirted with a triple-double. He had five stocks. Horford, when put in a situation that he's somewhat running an offense, actually isn't bad. So yeah. I, I think there's I think there's plenty of appeal there. And uh, just the, the rest of these guys without, without all of those aforementioned players on the floor – Baisley in 31 minutes, 1.17 DraftKings points per minute. Roby at 1.13. Justin Jackson north of a fantasy point per minute. Habitu Diallo at 1.04. Granted, just very small samples, Josh, but they're going to all have to do a lot. And I think there's going to be – I think they're going to play enough minutes to where you don't have to worry about how many mouths there are to feed. Without question. The only guy that a blowout affects is Al Horford. He's not going to play in a blowout. Nope. So then it's – then he it's filling played, with seven guys instead. He only played 29 minutes in that huge game that he had, but then he played 34 minutes against the Lakers, although that was an overtime game. So I'm assuming he played all five 
in overtime, right? Because I that's, would imagine Horford played. Yep, almost all of overtime. So that means you're pretty much projecting him for 29 minutes today. I gave him 30. And uh, yeah, it's just, you know, you got to play all of these guys. I don't have anything to add. Uh, Darius Baisley is oddly low owned today. I think that's nuts. Um, But when push comes to shove, I'm just going to have infinite amounts of most of Oklahoma City. All right. Talk to me a little bit about the uh, the Lakers then. If if we were to assume, and you mentioned it earlier in the show, that you think we could see no Anthony Davis today. LeBron James is one and a half fantasy point per minute guy without Davis on the floor. No one else has really taken that next step. Like Taylor Horton Tucker is around 0.98. Montrose Harrell around 0.98. Kyle Kuzma 0.97 without Anthony Davis. They're all in that exact same neighborhood. Dennis Schroeder 0.89. They're all between like 0.9 and and one fantasy point per minute outside of of LeBron James. Yeah, it's nothing really changes in the case of him being out. It's just really not going to matter. I don't understand why they would bring him back in this one. Uh, they're going to be massive favorites regardless. This is such a shorthanded team. This just doesn't seem like a spot where you bring him back. I talked about this a little bit on the process show today, and I want to touch on it again here. I want to make sure that we get this information out. I was listening to the Dunked On podcast yesterday, Nate Duncan, Danny LaRue, and they pointed out something that I thought was really interesting. Anthony Davis's injury that is listed and reported from the Lakers is right Achilles tendinosis, not tendinitis. So tendinitis would be more like acute swelling, something that you expect to go away. Tendinosis is going to be something that he is likely to be dealing with regularly and moving forward. Something that is probably going to be problematic, not just now, but for a while. And I think that's a really interesting distinction. Uh, the ten, If this were just a tendinitis problem, I would be a lot less worried about Anthony Davis's long-term future, at least for the rest of this year. I think we can see him missing a lot more time than we normally would given that injury distinction. It's kind of problematic. I have him in right now because that's just the way that I do these things. Um, I just assume that he would be quote unquote back, but just thinking this game out loud, uh, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me for Anthony Davis to play. So you would get to a little bit more LeBron James, but at the same time, I don't really think that I would be all that interested in much else. Probably a bit of a boost to Kyle Kuzma, but not like a smash play. A little bit of a boost to Taylor Horton Tucker, but again, not a guy that I'm going to be getting a lot of. I don't really roster that much of the Lakers, and that I'm fine with. I thought you were going to tell me something I didn't already know. Everyone yeah. knows the difference between tendinitis and tendinosis. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> I had no idea there was a difference there. Good yeah. stuff. It's not impressive that you learn something and we're able to regurgitate it, but it was that you regurgitated it so succinctly. Like you seem to remember all of it. Well, I thought it, it, I made sure to like bookmark it in my brain that, uh, you know, that could be a more degenerative issue for AD at, at this point. So Good that's point. what makes me think that he's way less likely to play today than at all. But, you know, whenever I try to guess injuries, I'm wrong. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Are you giving... Markeith, how many minutes are you giving Markeith Morris? Well, I have AD in right now, so zero. Okay. Um, okay. If AD, if AD is out like I'm expecting, you know, 20 probably. Yeah, he played 26 last game and no overtime run. So I don't be have any concept of what the end of that game looked like yesterday. So two days ago or two days ago, rather. Um, 
Let me pull that up. So, so obviously this was against Oklahoma City. Horton Tucker, but I'm sorry, Wesley Matthews closed in overtime, closed the game and played all of overtime with Harold, LeBron, Schroeder, and Caldwell Pope. Yeah, I think probably 22, 23 minutes for Marquise Morris probably ends up looking pretty good uh, at that point in time as a value option. Kuzma only played 23 minutes there too. Yeah, that that's pretty surprising to me. Yeah, I thought so as well. No um, foul and, issues either, so. Nope, and that was all in regulation. It wasn't like, uh, like he only played, he didn't play hardly at all in the fourth quarter. Wesley Matthews oh. played 21 minutes before overtime. And Montrose Harrell played 25 minutes before overtime. So that's the one thing that kind of sucks here is that there's just no one that's going to pull the bulk of minutes from Anthony Davis being out. But if you were to get 25 from Markeith Morris, uh, once again in the starting lineup, there's definitely an argument to be made, Jess. He is a minimum salary on DraftKings. I understandably, he was not good last game. I totally understand that. But 26 minutes is at least worth pointing out if you're willing to play the likes of Sterling Brown and, and Frank Mason, you know, and Gary Clark and James Ennis. I mean, even at 20 minutes, if AD is out and we find any information on Markeith Morris, the flat minimum salary is going to bring him in play as a value option on DraftKings. For sure. Without, without question. Yep. Anything else here? No, nah, I don't think so. Just play Let's a lot wrap- of Oklahoma city and keep your eye on the news. Let's wrap it up. And by the way, guys, like we said, if you are new to Awesome Mo, first of all, welcome. But uh, all of our projections, the ownership projections that you hear us reference so often, they're, they're, they're gold in the fantasy arena. The boom bust tool, the top stack tool, which I absolutely love for football. Baseball, it's so valuable. Uh, top plays tool, even for, for teams and or sports that don't have stacks, whether it's golf, uh, you know, showdown, we've got the top plays tool taking the probabilities that they're going to be the number one score. They're going to be the two through six, just everything to make you a better player. All of it at awesome slash join. And the great thing is we got something for everyone, whether it's a weekly express pass for less than $4 a week, or you want to go all out with an all access awesome plus platinum annual, every single sport included for the entire calendar year. You can do single sport for the year. You can do monthly, weekly, whatever you want. We've got it. And, Look, all the tools are built by Alex, Osimo himself, number one ranked player. That's why you know we always feel confident saying you come here uh, and, and you're going to learn something and you're going to love these tools. Just check out the screenshots as well coming into to, to Twitter. There have been a lot of them recently. We got another one yesterday, and we had a premium sub just uh, hit us up earlier in the show, Josh. He took down 3K yesterday as well on a $4 entry, so – I just get excited when I see that stuff, people using our tools and having success. You know what I get excited about? Seeing that you've been so bad at asking for likes that I had more on a process show that started at 6.30 in the morning. Well, I got bigger fish to fry, fella. Yeah, Bigger fish to fry. People know who's good at this and who's not at this point. They just do it to shut you up, though. That's all. They're like, can you get on with it? And I guess it works. I'll give you that, but... I mean... Based on everything that I'm seeing, people want more of Josh Engelman, not to shut me up. Yeah, it's possible. No, no, no. They're getting more. I'm on Live Before Lock tonight, too. Tune in at 6 p.m. Eastern. Just shut up your your like asking. That's fair. I don't know. When it comes to 50,000 subscribers, I've been told that I got almost single-handedly the remaining 10,000. All right. Well, I got the first 40. (laughs) That is not true. 
It's more true than false. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there were at least, I'd say every, you know, couple of years ago, at least seven to 15 people watching those streams. So yeah, I mean, it's seven, 15. <laughs> you ready to close this out? Let's do it. Uh, by the way, I loved, I went back and watched the first video I ever posted on Awesome. I wasn't here. And you've always put out some pretty decent content, even when the production value is like, man. And you had some wild, like, porn sounds in your intro song. I uh, I had a viewer make me an intro back in the day, long before we had one. Um, there was, like, animations and stuff for it, but we pulled that because it was more like joshengelman.com stuff for Osmo. But I kept the music in the, for the intro track. But, yeah, it's a, a woman's, like, Ugh. I mean, like, in a better way than I just did. Yeah, do that again. <laughs> no, I'm good. We can just play that one back. That's going that on the soundboard, up, though, guys. Uh, I'm I'm taking on I'm taking on fire here. So uh, you know, get, show a little support. But I, I would assume we got almost 800 watching, which is awesome, by the way. And it makes makes you feel good to have 800 watching on a morning strategy show, where uh, we talk basketball and bullshit. I only had 250 on my process show and yet still had more likes than what you were able to pull. Just yeah, pointing I that out, I almost had like a 90% ratio. Yeah, but here's the here's the difference. And and I you will agree with this. You don't want to. You won't want to, but you will agree. Anyone tuning in for the process show is a diehard, okay? And they are 100% certain. It's a 100% likelihood. It's a guarantee that they will hit that thumbs up button. Pretty true, yeah. I you know agree. what I mean? It happened. Yeah. Like, we have some less popular shows where there's 50 people watching it or 100 people watching an NFL show on a Tuesday. All yeah. of those people, they're diehard awesome. Ride or die awesome though. And we love them. I like it. You're right. You're right. I don't want to give you credit, but you're right. But I, I still I, I still am impressed by what you've done at 630 in the morning. And it's an awesome show. Check it out. Uh, the Process Show every morning, 630 Eastern Time. That's how you host the show. Milwaukee, Phoenix. Let's close this one out. Last one. We've got the, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks on the road. West Coast road trip here. Five and a half point favorites. 226 total. What are your thoughts on Giannis? Indifference, I guess. 10-9 on FanDuel, 10-6 on DK. Tough matchup against Phoenix. You know, solid team, slow pace because of Chris Paul. If Chris Paul is out, it actually makes me like Giannis a little bit more. Uh, he's picking up ownership. He's around 10% average on both sites, and I think that's about where he should be. I, I like him a little bit less on DraftKings than I do on FanDuel. He looks good. I'm happy. I would rather get to Chris Middleton over Giannis on both sites, 7,600 and 7,900. I think the price tag just works a little bit better. And then Dante DiVincenzo with no Drew Holiday for the next couple games. DiVincenzo's 4,700 on FanDuel, 5,200 on DK. I prefer him on FanDuel, but the ownership is already there. He's 16% owned. It's just not a spot where I'm going to be getting a lot of volume from Milwaukee. Not really getting a lot of volume from Phoenix either. This one's an easy one to close out. Okay. Who would you say is your, well, I guess you might not have one, but if you were to take a top play from this game, you know, one of the late night hammers, Pat Connaughton, like, you look at Pat Connaughton, he's getting yeah. some ownership, not sure how long that lasts throughout the day. Chris Middleton, DJ Augustine, these guys are all getting a little bit here, but kind of just not significant, Josh. And so much of this is just due to the fact that they're very, very cheap without a ton of value currently on this slate and Drew Holiday being sidelined. Yeah, favorite play on FanDuel is Giannis. Favorite play on DraftKings is Chris Middleton. How how do you okay? Let's we'll close with this. Sure. How do you see Drew Holiday's absence being played out here uh, in the rotation today? It's meaningless, basically. It's so, so weird because we do have one game. We we do have one game with with him out uh, on the eighth. Drew Holiday did not play. 
they actually went ahead pretty late, but all of the starters got most of their minutes. If you look at Popcorn Machine, though, there is nothing more frustrating than seeing Mike Budenholzer's rotations. They're all over the other. It looks like it looks like a sideways game of Tetris. Yeah, it's just dots all over the place of guys coming on and guys coming Carl. off. Like Bryn Forbes started. If he plays 26 minutes, he sucks because he's Bryn Forbes. I thought DJ Augustine might get more minutes. He didn't. All these guys just end up playing like 20, like 18 to 23 minutes and being wildly uninteresting. It's horrible. Tori Giannis, Craig. Middleton, Lopez, DiVincenzo. They're the only guys that are going to play like legit, legit minutes. And Forbes might, but he's a vacuum of DFS talent. Outside of Jalen Adams, who played half a minute, uh, at the end of a game that was over, like they were up by 13 points. Tory Craig played 23. Bobby Portis played 20. DJ Augustine played 21. Pat Connaughton played 21. That That is your bench. You're getting 20, 20 to 22 minutes, 20 to 23 minutes from all of those guys, which completely caps their upside and makes it so even losing someone like Drew Holiday, a talented player, the third best player on that team, there's there's nothing you can really take from that so it kind of sucks it it really does yeah you would think it'd open up value um it doesn't really as far as i'm concerned uh last thing here paul george questionable to play um or sorry chris paul questionable to play yeah If, if he ends up being out what do we do here does does that open anything up significantly because cameron Payne has also been out uh abdul nader is out jameson crowd jay crowder sorry is questionable would that would that give us any any value here uh, well if you're trying to roster jets wide receivers today it's probably not going to work out all that much for you <laughs> i corrected myself that's just true uh, i mean i, I like myself. devin booker whether chris paul plays or not if chris paul doesn't play devin booker is going to be one of the more popular swaps if you can get to him that's for sure um you know, Cam Johnson probably gets a little bit of a boost. Etwan Moore, if Chris Paul is out, is a guy that you probably have to look to, although he is not going to be like a really fun guy to roster. He's 3,800 on FanDuel at the very least. I just don't have much interest in Phoenix at all. Uh, Chris Paul being out is the only piece that's going to make that interesting. And if we don't get that news before lock, you're probably not even going to be able to swap into all that much Phoenix to begin with. Even Devin Booker. I mean, I would want to get to a lot of Devin Booker if I could. I just don't know how easily that I'm going to be able to do that at 10 o'clock once seven of the games have already locked. Yeah, you're right. Unless we get some news earlier. You're right. Uh, 33% usage, 1.18 fantasy points per minute without Chris Paul on the floor this year. Yeah, like you're going to need – like Devin Booker should probably be like 25% owned if Chris Paul is out. I just don't think that we get that news before seven o'clock. If we do, great, but that'll all change. Keep your eyes peeled on live before lock. But if it comes out after seven o'clock, you're going to have a hard time getting to a lot of Devin Booker. You're just going to run out of spots. I would say this. If you have any Chris Middleton, you know, you could have some contingency plans there yeah. because Middleton has guard eligibility. Uh, you could put him in guard or utility and leave $200 on the table. That's one way to do it. I know that's tough, but especially given that he's not a a particularly great option here. But uh, aside from that, there really aren't that many alternatives. But you're right. Devin Booker might be actually, if you could figure a way to do it, Devin Booker could be a pretty solid option against a fast-paced Milwaukee team. They're not huge favorites either. It's just how do you do it if you're not getting that news until 930? You'll likely have a bunch of exposure from Oklahoma City. So you will be able to, like, shuffle the chairs a little bit. But – uh, it, it might be a situation where like your entire lineup construction changes just because of it. So 
keep that in mind. If you can get to them, you should get to them. And that's exactly why you guys should be tuning into the uh, NBA Late Slate Show. Going by calling it the Late Slate Swap and Sweat Show. It sounds like a porno. Like it sounds it, it, it sounds like you're gonna tune into something and see something that you only look at when your wife's not in your office. You know what I mean? But it's <laughs> not. It is a DFS show, and it's pretty awesome. Tonight you've got who do we have with us tonight? We've got Greg and Eric taking you all the way up to lock. So they're going to break down the entire two-game late slate. They're going to talk about uh, late swap options. They're going to sweat whatever lineups they have. Hang out. It's a fun atmosphere. You'll learn something along the way. Get your plays in. Get the uh, strategy and lineup building and a lot of other stuff. Hopefully, hopefully nothing crazy happens given the name of that show. And be sure to stick around. What's that? Uh, I just agreed with you is all. We have it to stick around. You've got the tip off coming up. It's the new show right before the deeper dive and live before lock. But before that, the NHL strategy show. I think we have the NHL strategy show. Maybe not. Now we got the daily game plan. That is premium. Alex Baker doing that today. And uh, I guess, is there no, what is it? No hockey today, Chess? I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't pay attention to hockey. We got PGA live before lock, though. That's a fun one. 7.45 p.m. We got MMA strategy, too, I assume. Yeah, and you did a PGA betting show with 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 Ben today, huh? I certainly did. Check that one out. It should be up later today. Check it out. Guys, thanks for hanging out. As always, we love you all. Hit that thumbs up before you go. Subscribe to the channel. We will be back here with you tomorrow on the NBA Strategy Show presented by No House Advantage. <laughs>